Welcome to It's the ADHD Friendly Podcast, where we talk all things well-being, personal development, and living our best damn ADHD lives at home and at work. My name is Karen McGill. I'm a certified ADHD life coach, and I'm here to help you do life better. Y'all have heard me talk about the power of body doubling, right? That is why I am so pumped for our new sponsor, Flow Club. It's an online co-working club that is great for folks with ADHD who need that extra boost of accountability to get through their to-do list. When you join a Flow Club session, you kick off sharing your goal with a small group, and then for the next 50 minutes, you all work on the task you committed to, and then you reconvene and share what you were able to accomplish. These sessions are awesome when you're overwhelmed because it breaks a big task list into manageable mini goals and it puts structure in place to hold you accountable. I love that these sessions are so flexible. You can find one any time of day, no matter where you are, and you can either schedule your sessions or join into something that's already in progress. So as a sponsor of the show, Flow Club is offering you guys one free week trial. So click the link in the show notes to start your trial now. And if you love it, you'll get an extra 15% off your membership when you use the code ADHDFriendly. So on that note, let's get back to the show. Hey, everyone. Happy Friday. I hope that you had an amazing week. I had a great week. I'm coming off of the Joe Dispenza event that I went to last weekend, and I have a few thoughts. And it's not actually about the event per se, but thoughts and realizations around ADHD. And it dovetails beautifully into today's podcast, which is all about accepting who you are and choosing a destination and sticking with it. So you'll hear more about that in the episode, but I want to take that small nugget of an idea and apply it to the experience I had this weekend. So if you've been around a minute, then you know that in July, I went to my first Joe Dispenza event. And if you're not familiar with Joe Dispenza, he's someone who does a lot of work at the intersection of meditation and science. And my interest in his work comes through that ADHD lens of How can we use meditation to improve self-regulation, focus, attention? And I also have a a very deep personal interest in his work just because it resonates with me. So he does these week-long retreats that are extremely intense and you basically meditate all week long at every hours of the day. And then at the end of it, once you completed an advanced retreat, you're allowed to then go to these advanced follow-up retreats, which are basically a condensed version of the week-long experience. Now, I give you that context because the event that I just went to on the weekend was one of these advanced follow-up events. And the reason I went was not because I just loved the experience of the week-long that much, because it is very intense and sometimes uncomfortable laying and sitting on a ballroom floor and getting up at all hours. But the sensation I left that event with was something that I was interested in recapturing because when I left, I felt extreme peace and extreme focus and just like the sense of everything is okay. And while I'm not in control of life, I know where I'm going. I had a lot of clarity and that's a beautiful, beautiful thing to have. Anyway, For those reasons, along with the fact that this event was in Dallas so I could drive to it, which was a huge bonus, inspired me to sign up for this event. If it was anywhere else, I probably would not have went, but the stars aligned. I figured, oh, let's do a second event. Well, I got to the event last weekend and I had an experience that I wasn't expecting. I didn't know quite what to expect, but I had a general idea of how things would go based on the event I went to in July. And while the agenda was very similar, 
the theme of the event was different. The theme of the July event was about personal change. And the theme of this event was about connecting with the mystical. Mystical being the unknown. But the word mystical just like absolutely did not resonate with me. And from the get-go, I had a hard time really clicking with this event. And as the four-day event progressed, I had a harder and harder time connecting to it to the point where I really only ended up participating in about 40% of the overall event activities. And the rest of the time, I just hung out my room or slept when I needed to sleep. And there was a part of me that was feeling a lot of shame about that. I paid for this event. I carved out this time. I came all the way here. I'm staying in this hotel and I'm not fully present or participating as I should. The way that Dr. Joe runs these events, he puts a lot of emphasis on showing up for all of it and going all in and being 100% and just sucking it up because if people with stage four cancer can do it, and very often a lot of very sick people go to these events, then you're, if you're perfectly healthy, you can do it too. With that, I had this added shame of here's all these other people with all of these struggles and they're showing up and I'm not. And I want to share that internal narrative, not because I'm proud of it, but because I think it's very indicative of the folks that I meet with ADHD who start things and get like halfway through and then completely disconnect with the thing. It could be a job, a hobby, a relationship, an adventure. It can be anything, right? There's this point where we emotionally disconnect to the thing for whatever reason. And we literally can't get our brain to do the things it needs to do to either complete said thing or move forward with it because it's like the lights just went out in our interest towards this thing. And I had to remind myself that this is the way I'm wired. I can choose to berate myself for it, knowing that it's going to happen again in another capacity. Or I can remind myself that that is the tendency of my brain and make better choices in the future. And I'll give you an example. I have completed one half Ironman. I've completed one fitness competition. There's a number of other things that were really hard that I'm very proud of that I have completed. But when I attempted to do it again, it was like a non-starter. I could sign up for the event. I could do the first initial weeks of training. But then at some point, I would poop out. And as I was sitting in my hotel room, instead of meditating this weekend, thinking about that, that I had this cycle, I got really curious about why that actually happens. I think part of it is the novelty, right? When we don't know what to expect or when something is new and adventurous, it's easier for us to push through because novelty can be so dopamogenic. However, once we've done it once and we kind of know what to expect, that novelty goes away. So if there's not a really high level of interest that remains, then it's going to be really hard to do it again. And as I was thinking about that, I was thinking back to like maybe two months ago, I'd already registered for this event and I was sort of second guessing it because I'd been moving away from Joe's meditations and experimenting with other things that just vibed with me a bit better. And I started to think, oh, maybe I should cancel this because there was a wait list for the event. So I'm sure I could have got my money back. But I thought, no, I should go because logistically it makes sense. So all of a sudden, in that moment, the decision moved from it's not something that I'm necessarily that interested in, but it's something I should do for these logistical reasons. In that moment, where I started second guessing the decision to go, 
and had the opportunity to back out, I should have taken it. And I'll remind myself in the future that that is a cue that I'm losing emotional connection to that thing and perhaps not invest a lot of money into the thing until I'm very sure that this is something I'm going to be emotionally connected to for the long haul. And there are definitely things in my life that I have been emotionally connected to for the long haul. Like when I think about uh, content creation, I've been blogging since 2007. Yoga is something I've been plugged into since uh, the time of my first divorce, and I really needed that to help me get through it. There's been nothing more therapeutic in my life than yoga. And really just healthy living in general and well-being has been a core interest of mine, even though my modalities have changed an awful lot over time. I can think of the things that I've been consistent with over my entire life. And these events that I went to certainly fit really well into that. But what I failed to realize in that moment where I started second guessing going to the event was that emotionally and intellectually, I was pretty much complete with the Joe Dispenza experience. And it was probably time to move on to the next thing in that umbrella of well-being. And when I had that realization, I was able to let go of the shame and realize that Joe's agenda for that event was not necessarily my agenda. And it's okay to follow my agenda and take what I want from his experience that he's offering and leave the rest. So very long story short, I share this with you because I know that you cycle through things really fast too. And it's an invitation to you to get curious about what's happening when you hit that interest wall and you emotionally disconnect. Is it because you're flighty? I don't think so. I think it's because you learned everything you needed to learn or you experienced everything you needed to experience with that thing and you felt complete. And once you feel complete and you're done with said thing, your brain wants to move on to the next thing. And that's just how you're wired. And if you can accept that, then you'll know in the future not to sign up for prolonged things, but rather to take bite-sized approaches to new and novel things, which might mean signing up for one course instead of an entire program or renting equipment instead of purchasing it. You know what I mean? Like there is ways that we can work with our brain when it comes to our craving for new and novel things rather than spending all of our money on things that we will only use once and then leave in the garage for an eternity thereafter. And I am pointing my fingers directly at myself <laughs> in that regard. So I hope in sharing that I have perhaps made you feel a little bit better or given you some food for thought to think about your own cycle through new and novel things. And at the end of the day, it's equally as important to understand those things that have stayed with you over time. They might not be at the micro level, but somewhere at the macro level, they all lead up to something that has been enduring in your life. And whatever that thing is, is your destination. So keep that in mind as we go through the rest of this podcast. So many of you reach out to me saying that you don't know where you're going. You feel rudderless and without purpose. I get so many people asking me, how do I find my purpose? How do I find out if I am being my true self? Who am I? Am I an award-winning documentarian or am I a singer or a songwriter? That is actually a recent question I got, by the way. Or very often I hear from people in corporate who feel like a cog in the wheel, again, that feeling of rudderlessness or not having a purpose. And I totally get this. I think as conscious beings, this is something we all grapple with. 
But here's the thing I want to ask you first. Why do you ask who you are in the context of work? Your purpose in this life goes far beyond a job title or job description. So why are you limiting yourself this way? I think I know why. Because I've lived this experience as well. We all want to define ourselves in the context of work because it gives us a direction that is anchored in perceived worth. And because we have felt so unworthy so much of the time, not meeting expectations we have for ourselves or the perceived or real expectations that others have for us, because we aren't meeting those expectations, we feel unworthy and unaccomplished and as though we failed ourselves or we failed ourselves in the eyes of other people. So if you're nodding your head in agreement right now, I want you to know that you're not alone in this pain, that so many of my clients, my audience members, and myself have felt this pain. But it's time for a reframe because the truth is you will never discover your true self in a job title. However, you can find your true self and your true direction if you stop limiting yourself to a job description. Let's start with a beautiful analogy that I'm going to borrow from Michael Singer, who is the author of The Untethered Soul and a number of other books. He recently talked about this in a podcast, and I thought it was a perfect way to frame this ADHD experience. Imagine yourself as a boat on the ocean. The ocean is what we consider the world or the universe that we live in, and every single individual is a different boat. Because we are all separate in our own vessels, but we are all really one in terms of this vast experience of the ocean of life, if you will. So let's say you are the captain of your boat, and the boat itself represents your body and your mind, and you are the captain of this vessel, which is the soul or the higher self. That is who you are, and your job in life is to manage your vessel as best you can navigating the oceans of life and the other boats around you. Now, given that we're all in the same ocean, we all experience the same external circumstances. Everyone feels the same waves, the same storms, the same Bermuda triangles, and the same tranquility of calm waters. Because that is life and that is how we are all connected. We're all experiencing the same life. However, everybody's boat vessel is a little bit different. Some people are cruise liners, some people are tugboats, some people are paddle boats, some people are catamarans. We're all a bit different. But no matter what vessel we have been blessed with, that is all we get. And we've got to do our best to navigate the waters of life with the vessel that we have. Now let's put the ADHD lens on this. As ADHDers, we're not steamboats, we're not tugboats, and we're not ocean liners. I like to think that we are sailboats. We are very fast, we're perhaps designed for racing, and because we're not a big steady rig, we're not designed to have the same stable momentum in any condition. Instead, as sailboats, we have to navigate the direction of the wind in order to thrive. So as the captain of your own sailboat that is designed for speed and the specific direction of the wind, the question is not, who am I? Because you are the captain. The question is, where am I going in the vessel that I have? And the answer to that question will be informed by two things. Number one, 
where you have an interest or inclination to go in, and number two, where you can leverage the winds to take you. Because when a sailboat's sails are aligned with the direction of the wind in the right way, they go fast as the wind. But if you've ever been in a sailboat, then you know that if the direction of the boat goes slightly off course, or if the direction of the wind changes course, immediately the sails will do two things. They will either take on too much wind and start to bow over, in which case you risk tipping over, or if you go directly into the wind, your sails will start to flutter. It's called luffing, I think. And when that happens, you lose momentum of the wind and you immediately have to change course, change the direction of the sails, or bring the sails down so they stop luffing. So you, as the captain of your sailboat, are born with the innate skills to navigate your specific vessel. And that is called your intuition. You also have the innate curiosity to sail to new destinations or compete in different regattas, which is like sailboat racing. That is called your intention. So when you are using your intuition to guide you with a clear intention to direct your sailboat towards a specific destination, then you are being who you truly are, the captain of your own sailboat. But here's the challenge we face as ADHDers. Our intuition and intention is very often blindsided by the other thing that every great captain requires, and that is attention and focus. Because when you're sailing in a specific direction, you have to pay attention to the horizon and focus on the direction you want to go in while also minding the direction of the wind, because at any time, like we know, the wind can change directions, or the water can get choppy, or you temporarily take your eyes off the direction you're going in, and then your sails start to luff. And herein lies the great dilemma for people with ADHDs. Very often, our sails are luffing because we have a dysregulation of attention and focus. So instead of keeping our focus on all of these moving parts and then asking ourselves what we need to do to course correct when the wind changes or the boat direction changes, instead we direct our attention to questioning who we are because clearly we are not meeting expectations as the captain of our own boat. So put that analogy aside for a second and imagine that you are a passenger on a real sailboat. It's not your boat, but you're out on a sailing adventure and your captain, for whatever reason, takes their attention off steering the boat just for a second. And all of a sudden, the sails pick up a big gust of wind and it tips the boat over to the point where it's about to capsize. And you look over to the captain to see what the captain is doing. And instead of them focusing on course correcting, they're sitting behind the wheel with their head in their hands, berating themselves for failing as a captain. What would you do in that moment? You can't take the wheel because you don't know how to control the boat. So you say to the captain, for the love of God, stop focusing on yourself and all of your failures and steer the damn boat. And the captain looks up and says, but I can't because the wind changed direction or the waters are too choppy. I suck at choppy water steering. I'm just not meant to be a captain. Maybe I should be the skipper or the cook. I don't know who I am. 
but you could clearly see who they are. They're the captain of this vessel. This vessel is who they are. The problem is that their attention is no longer on steering the vessel and managing the changing winds of life. Instead, they need to regain focus and start adjusting their vessel according to the wind. So they either need to adjust the sails or bring the sails down so that you don't all drown, right? Like you can clearly see that objectively. But when you are the captain of your own vessel, it's difficult to see that in the moment when the weather outside is changing and you are making that a reflection of you. Instead, you need to bring your focus and attention back to you as the captain of this vessel and that the only thing you can control in this life is the direction of your sails or whether or not the sails are up or down. So that's the first thing. The other struggle we have as ADHDers is choosing a destination to steer our vessel in and sticking with it. So let's say we're floating around in a harbor in Los Angeles. You're hanging out with a couple of cruise ships that are getting ready to go to Alaska and you think, man, that looks really interesting. I wanna do that too. So as the cruise ships head off, you head off with them. And for a couple of days, as you're sailing up the West Coast, it just feels amazing. But all of a sudden, the weather starts to get colder and the winds pick up and it gets harder and harder to sail towards Alaska. Not to mention the fact that Alaska is a terrible destination for a sailboat to go in. So by the time you hit Portland, you're exhausted because you weren't designed to go at the same consistent speed as a cruise ship nor were you designed for the weather that you're putting yourself into. So you end up giving up on that destination, feeling like a complete failure. And now you're just out there adrift in the ocean, not knowing what direction to go in. So you just start going in the direction of wherever the wind takes you. So for a while it takes you north and then the wind changes direction and now you're going east and now you're going west and now you're going south. And all of a sudden you are literally just sailing in circles because you don't have a destination. So you're just going wherever the wind takes you. And now you're feeling like even more of a failure because Time is passing, you're seeing boats going in different directions, and you're just sitting there spinning your sails. When this situation where you are just sort of adrift and going wherever the wind takes you and you don't have a direction, you're just simply reacting to life. You're not really going anywhere and you feel purposeless. But instead, if you were to choose a direction based on your intuition, then you would sail your boat much differently. You could catch the wind in the right direction and you would raise your sail and take it as far as it would go. And then when the wind changed direction, as it always does, you could simply roll up the sails and wait for the wind to come around in your favor again. And during that time is when you rest. But you might be thinking, oh, that all sounds great, but I don't know how to pick the destination. That's where my confusion lies. But I would actually challenge that. You see, when you're changing directions with the wind, you're always reacting to whatever life is throwing at you. And the minute things get hard, instead of thinking about where you want to go, you just course correct in the easiest direction. That's why you go south for a bit, and then when that gets hard, you go east, and then you go west. So you are reacting to life. You're trying to find the easiest path, but there is no easy path because whatever path you take has rough spots. And that's how you end up choosing a rudderless path. When you spend all of your energy just reacting to the direction the wind is taking you in. And that will lead you directly into a story of poor me. I can't seem to catch a break. But here's the thing. 
If you expect that the wind is always going to go in your favor, then it's not that you have bad luck. It's that you have misguided expectations. This is the path I see so many people going down when they are disappointed with their progress. And when I ask them, well, what is the progress you're going towards? What is the destination? They can't give me a clear answer because there is no specific direction. They're just expecting to go in the direction that the winds take them and for it to be easy. And it will always get hard. So that is the feeling of being rudderless. But there's a flip side to this scenario. And that's when we do have a destination in mind and we drive ourselves toward it, come hell or high water. And that is such an appropriate saying for the situation. So what happens to a sailboat in this scenario? For as long as you can, you will use the wind to propel you forward and you will drive that boat full force towards your destination no matter what the conditions are like because you're in a rush to get to that destination because you're so afraid that if you take your focus off the destination for one minute, you will lose momentum that you just don't stop. You don't stop to rest. You don't stop to refuel or sleep. You just power forward as long as you have the wind in your sail. And when the wind changes, as it always does, instead of bringing down the sails and taking a rest, you turn on the motor of the boat, which is a resource that is not to be used for long periods of time. That's what you use to get yourself in and out of the dock area to the open sea so you can actually start sailing. But you use that motor to keep pushing yourself forward. And when you burn that final resource out, now you're out at sea with no wind in your sails and no gas in the motor, and you have to call the Coast Guard to come pull you to shore. You're full of shame, you're burned out, and you spent everything you have and came up short-handed. That is the perfect analogy for ADHD burnout, right? So what is the answer here? What do we do instead? Number one, stop questioning who you are. You are the captain of a sailboat. This is what self-acceptance is. It's accepting that you were born into this specific vessel. You weren't built to be a cruise ship. You weren't built to be a freight ship. And you weren't built to be a battleship. You were built to sail with grace and ease and respond to the direction of your energy as it relates to the wind, not to resist it. You can't change your boat. You can't trade it in and you can't, quote unquote, fix it to be something else. This is you. This is your vessel. And the only thing you can do to thrive is to learn how to captain your vessel to the best of your abilities. Number two, you've got to choose a destination and it has to be appropriate for your vessel. That means you don't want to sail to Alaska with the cruise ships, right? Sailboats generally aren't built for long haul travel. But you know what sailboats are great for? They're great for short adventures. So with that said, maybe the destinations that you choose are not long haul destinations. Maybe they're short adventures. And once you reach that destination, you can choose a new path. And it's also totally okay to change course midway to a destination as long as you're doing it intentionally and not just because the wind changed direction. The key here is that you choose the path. You don't leave it to the wind current to choose it for you. Again, coming back to this idea of fitting yourself into a job description. Your job is a temporary destination of your choosing. And when you find yourself unable to choose, it's because you're reacting to the weather conditions and not to the call of your own heart and your own intuition. So how do you then choose an intentional destination? You get very still. You go inward. You roll up the sails for a little while. You take a seat in your vessel and you get quiet. 
You ask your heart where it wants to go. Often we know what we want to do, but we don't think our vessel can get there or we don't think the wind will agree with that destination. But here's the thing. If you choose your destination because when you think about it, it feels expansive, when you choose a destination that makes you feel lighter and it's been something that's been on your heart for a while and you've always thought about doing it, that is the destination you should go in, the one that's true to your heart. Now you have to look at that destination through the lens of the vessel that you have and make a commitment to yourself to sail in the direction of that destination as the vessel that you are. That means you'll take advantage of the natural energy that you have when the wind is blowing in your favor. And when the wind is not blowing in your favor, instead of giving up or going full hog and burning out all of your resources, you will keep your boat pointed in the direction of your intention, but maybe you choose to do nothing for a while. Because the only alternative in that moment when the winds are no longer blowing in your favor is to change course again and start going in a new direction. But that is the problem we've had all along. We want to stop going in the direction that the wind blows and accept that the wind is always going to change direction. So we have to have enough conviction in the direction to stop the boat when we need to. The last thing we want to do is go in the opposite direction. We need to learn to pause and be okay with not moving in any direction. We need to be okay with using that opportunity to rest. That is a hard thing for ADHDers to do because in that moment when we have to pause and be still, we want to pick up our phone. We want to get on Amazon. We want to pick up some new hobby or blow up our life as it is and go in a new direction. But what we need to do is stop in those moments and just not move the boat. <laughs> because here's the thing, when you are a sailboat, you have to live your life as a sailboat. There's going to be times when you outpace a motorboat or a cruise ship, and then there's going to be times when the wind stops and you have to stop and rest. So you might end up getting to a destination at the same time as your vessel peers, but it's going to look different. And if you don't accept that you need those moments of rest to wait for the wind to come around again, then you'll constantly sail in circles and you will never go anywhere. So with that, take a moment and imagine yourself as the captain of your beautiful sailboat. Ask yourself, where do you want to go? Where is your destination? Trust that your vessel will take you there, but it's got to get there in its own way. And what will you do when the winds change? How will you weather the slow periods and how will you get through the high winds? This is who you are. You are not a job description. You are always the captain of your vessel and it is up to you to choose your destination. And if you don't choose a destination, we'll just continue to go wherever the weather decides it's going to take you and you will never be satisfied with your outcomes. So I hope today's podcast landed for you. And the takeaway I hope you're getting is that within you, within your heart, there are some enduring desires, interests, goals that you want to achieve. And that is your destination. And at some point it might change, but look for the long and enduring stuff. And don't let the changes of the wind derail your beautiful sailboat. So on that note, guys, I'll see you next Friday. Take care for now. Thank you for listening. For links and resources for this podcast, please visit itsadhdfriendly.com or click the link in the show description. Please also be sure to subscribe so you get automatic updates when new shows are posted. And of course, please do leave us an ADHD-friendly review. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next week.